Do you know that that's amazing that yeah. your child is so young and yet they know what an intervener that's is great. and it's available to you in your home before you even get into school. Wow, yeah. that there's funding supported available within the state. I mean, that just gives me chills. I want us as an organization to come together and share those things that made a difference in the lives of yeah. our children so that it, the next families mm -hmm. can start earlier and earlier and we can just keep paying it forward so that we can hopefully get to the point where it's a fulfilling life from the beginning. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. Today's guest is Vivica Hartman, who is the current president of DBMAT. I will let her explain to you what that means. I recently sat down with her at a family event, and I will let her take it from here. Can you start off by telling me what the acronym DBMAT stands for and your role within this organization? Sure. DBMAT is the Deafblind Multi-Handicap Association of Texas, and we're a family support organization for the state of Texas, and our membership includes professionals within the field of deafblindness as well. My current role is president. <laughs> uh, my family has been part of the organization for 19 years. My wow. son is 21, so we started our first year to attend was when he was two. Wow. And we got on the, we were enlisted on the board that first inaugural year. My husband joined the board and he spent eight years on the board. Mm -hmm. And now I have spent, I guess, 11 years. I've been treasurer for eight, vice president for four. Well, maybe my numbers are off. Now president for a year, so. Yeah, the family organizations know how to recruit early <laughs> to get people in once they start to, to get active. Okay, so I noticed this year's the 45th annual family conference, so it sounds like DBMAT has been around quite a while. So would you mind sharing some of the history and how did DBMAT come to be? Certainly. So we are 45 years in existence. Uh, we started in 1973. Our bylaws were created and we were incorporated mm -hmm. as a nonprofit, 501c3. As you may have noticed in our presentations a moment ago, we have people that are in attendance that have siblings that have deaf blindness from the rubella epidemic about 50 years ago when that happened. So there are Families that have been part of the organization since the beginning, they were our trailblazing families, the uh, Evelyn Clark and Larry Clark, and the Pat McCollum. Uh, she is actually our founding member, mm -hmm. Pat McCollum, and she has run the organization for the first, goodness, 20 years on her own. I would, I would thank her and her family as well as the board that she had at the time and some professionals as well. But it started it 45 years ago. I guess the epidemic created so many Mm -hmm. deafblind individuals there was a need yeah. so then the family started getting together with the family conference and I do believe that it's through coming together that families learn from each other engage and energize each other to mm -hmm. work together and make change mm -hmm. so it's through our coming together that we're able to then make change mm -hmm. is what I have always observed with this organization and with 
any subset of the organization because we started doing socials in the area I live in mm-hmm. because meeting once a year which just wasn't enough yeah so I we did potlucks at my house a few times <laughs> and uh, every time we got together we came up with ideas of what we wanted to do and then just started doing things and, and making recommendations and then you know before you know it you have legislative movement and um, certainly we come together as a whole organization once a year mm-hmm. but what we have found is by having conference calls and subset meetings throughout the year, we're able to come up with ideas, expand on them, grow them, and put them into action. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot about DB Matt's um, legislative work, and I just recently started to hear about that, and I think it's so cool that you guys go out and advocate, and um, parents always have the loudest voice, because I think you can speak to kids in a way that other people can't, so... So that's awesome that beyond the family conference and supporting each other through social events that you're also going out there and getting things done for those families that might not be able to be actively engaged. So um, so I'm going to ask you to share a little bit about the DBMAC community. So what kind of families exist in this network and um, how do they support each other? We have families with a variety of experiences and loved ones with a variety of diagnoses as well. We have some with charge, some with labors, congenital amaurosis, some that are preemies from um, being born early and so Mm -hmm. their retinas may have been detached, they may have had medicine that caused the hearing impairment. There are a variety of reasons, Um, pretty much everything under the sun Mm -hmm. can cause different results of experiences. The benefit of coming together once a year with the state helping fund the the opportunity to come together. We support each other. We share ideas about what my family went through and then somebody else will chime in with what their family went through and how they resolved it. And so we help support each other through experiences Mm -hmm. and shared experiences. And then um, we kind of carry that forward. And it's because of my experience and my observations through the years of doing this, that we see the need to share this information with other families because I think something that we feel very strongly as an organization about is that we want to pay it forward. If it took me 10 years to get my school district's attention that we were kind of left behind and well, I don't want to say it in a negative way. They've always been very supportive, so I'm very grateful for my school district. But if they nor I or us as a family knew what to do, and we figured it out after he turned 15 or after he turned 10 or any family found something that worked. I want us as an organization to come together and share those things that made a difference in the lives of our children so that the next families Mm -hmm. can start earlier and earlier and we can just keep paying it forward so that we can hopefully get to the point where it's a fulfilling life from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So I've already observed just in my time of being involved that I didn't know what an intervener was when my son was 10. I found out at DBMAT camp, I got an intervener. I made a change in his life. It's better. Now we have families that come and they're two and they're, their area is saying, hey, do you know what an intervener is? I'm like, yay, do you know? that That's amazing that yeah. your child is so young and yet they know what an intervener that's is. Great. And it's available to you in your home before you even get into school. Oh, wow. That yeah. there's funding supported available within the state. I mean, that yeah. just gives me chills. That's like amazing. Yeah. That is pretty great. You spoke a little bit about um, education and how it can be difficult to meet the needs of, of these kiddos. What do you think is uh, 
some of the biggest challenges for for children who are deafblind going to school and, and being educated? Okay, I get chills again talking about this because I have um, explained this perspective of mine mm -hmm. for many years. Um, that for every other kind of normally developing child, they have a school system that exists and is in place when they enter, when they walk in the door and they walk up the steps, there is something there for them. Mm -hmm. For our deaf-blind individuals, there is often no prior experience that's already established for them to enter into. So it is us learning, us figuring it out, along with the school teams, if your school team is willing to be supportive and learn and go to trainings with you. And then you have to figure it out, create it, learn it, implement it the best you know. But wouldn't it be amazing if just like all the normally developing children, there was already an established setup that when you say I'm entering the school system or you approach your school system when you're ECI and say I'm in your district and I'm coming, that your school team would already have a plan of action. Oh, this child's coming. Let's evaluate their communication skills. Let's work toward calendar systems, tactile sign. Let's work toward effective communication systems when they're in ECI so that when they enter the school system, those teams are already prepared mm -hmm. because they've already learned it. That would be dreamy if our children who yeah. entered the school system could enter into a situation where they're already prepared. Mm -hmm. They know the variety of communication needs and learning needs so that they could walk in and experience that from the beginning. My child, for example, is vanilla deafblind, mm. literally is physically healthy, mentally was born fine, mm -hmm. just had a genetic recessive gene that caused his blindness and his deafness. Mm -hmm. So he was a clean slate, yeah. clean slate as a baby. Everything that we have experienced has created him to be what he is today. Mm -hmm. And if I knew now what I knew when he was a baby, I'd have done it a lot differently. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm here, and that's why I pour my heart out into these families to share everything I can, which is probably overkill, and I probably <laughs> overdo it. No. But I, I, can't, I can't stop, and the best and most valuable thing I feel that drives me in being involved with DBMAT is the ability to share and help a family that may not have known of something that could help them. Mm -hmm. Well, I've only been at this um, family event for like a few hours, but uh, it's so great how you ask new families to share, but then also ask other families if there's advice that they wanna give because every, I think, family and school system and professional comes from a different background that may or may not have any level of experience with children who are deafblind. So um, that's awesome that your you know your child is 21 and and you're still you know working it for the rest of us. <laughs> it's great. So if families wanted to sign up to be part of this group, what is their first step? Well, they can if they're not here physically and receive in their hand a flyer about DBMAT, which has an application to become a member. They can go to our website www.dbmat-tx.org, and there is a link on our homepage about becoming a member. Mm -hmm. It's ten dollars a year. It's, That's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing major. We're not trying to break the bank. We're just trying to cover our basic administrative costs. Uh, we are a 100% volunteer organization, <laughs> yeah. so we're nobody's getting paid to do any of this. Uh, we just try to um, be able to cover the costs of basic administrative needs, as well as um, the ability to share information available to sh with other families. Mm -hmm. 
what about professionals? How can they support the work of DBMAT? So the professionals can join DBMAT the exact same way. On our new member application, it's family or professional, and you can explain who you are. $10, same thing. We really benefit from having the professionals as part of our organization because if a family has a question, then the professionals can help guide us if we don't know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you forget who all is involved in your organization because one of our best benefits of being a member of DBMAT is our listserv, email listserv. So we'll put out questions and people will chime in. Um, there was one time it was a school-based question and I chimed in and right after me was um, Brent Pitt who was TEA with TEA that, that oh, yeah. over the whole state for deafblind education in the state of Texas and I was uh-huh. like oh I forgot he was part of the, org- <laughs> the membership and uh, but he chimed right in and gave great information so that was pretty amazing yeah. too to realize hey we really are being heard mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So um, speaking of the whole state of Texas, since I've arrived here, I've kind of noticed that there's some strong family organization presence. Um, and, and I honestly, I personally haven't seen that in a lot of other states. So um, why do you think that is? I would think, well, DBMAT's been around for a long time, but I have observed the growth of the family organizations as well. And I truly believe it's through awesome work of TSBVI. They have done parent leadership training, Mm -hmm. which I have participated in as well, Mm -hmm. where it's like a year long or maybe six months long and you get together uh, over a weekend for an extended period of time for development and training Mm -hmm. that TSBVI has provided. I think it's through your project funding and supports. Mm -hmm. I think it's really developed a lot of leaders. And when I am aware of somebody that's gone through that leadership program, I look I seek them out oh, wow. to join the board at DBMAT because I know they've had good training mm-hmm. to support their ability and understanding of why we do what we do. Wow. Well thanks for plugging our, our <laughs> outreach program. That's great. Um, do you have you stayed in touch with some of the families that you went through the training with? I have actually one of the people I went through the training with which I did the training a long time ago is now one of our board members (laughs) she's our secretary Becky Harmon and other people that have gone through the training I I approached them we also have uh, Jennifer Bailey who has been through the program as well she's one of our members at large that's great that's really good oh Molly Molly Roberts went through the program she actually started or worked on the board of Texas Chargers and she went through the training at the same time I did, so wow. I know her well from then as well. Wow. And she's a member here, and their family is here at camp, too. So since I'm obviously new to outreach, does the family training also go into um, the leadership training? Does it also go into advocacy? Yes, it does. It, inc- it covers um, advocacy training and basic information about the capital and the process. Oh, wow. It was very helpful to me to make it not so intimidating. It sounds like um, DBMAT, from what I've learned today, is not just for families of young children. It sounds like it's for families of individuals that are deafblind at any age. Um, and so as you are gearing up, um, well, you're, you already have a child that's an adult. So what are some of the, the new challenges you're facing being in the adult system versus the um, educational and youth system? Well, that's a good point, especially as president of DBMAT. Okay. I want to make certain I cover kind of the spectrum of abilities and the spectrum of ages and family experiences. So today at our conference, we're actually having a breakout session. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a school age 
topics, and then we're going to have the adult age breakout session so we can knowledge share about what's working in different areas around the state mm-hmm. for adults. And yes, I, I did um, kind of have that, oh my God moment of yeah. we're going to be an adult, we're going to be out of the system. So it's been a few years in the making for us. I guess I was in transition planning without being formally in transition planning because mm-hmm. I've tried to um, put it off <laughs> for my own personal family. But we uh, did have actually a breakout session years ago which we did here at Camp John Mark. So it was probably our, maybe three years ago, we mm-hmm. did a breakout session where we talked about how to keep families connected throughout the year that are adults because they're no longer in schools and they, they just kind of end up being isolated in their different areas. So we did a big talk about how to create daily activities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Today's topic is just kind of a open knowledge sharing. Mm-hmm. David Wiley's gonna help facilitate because I don't exactly have a specific agenda, but I know that our families with adults need an opportunity to talk specifically about that and not just hear about school age Mm -hmm. needs. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great that you're covering kind of the whole gamut. Of course, I appreciate you taking time out of this conference that you're running um, to chat with me, but is there anything else you want to make sure our listeners know about DBMAT? If you're not a member and have any interest, please join, because I think we're all better with multiple heads than one. And our listserv can always benefit from a good discussion, a good question, a good topic, just like at the conference here, where I may have to facilitate the conference moving forward because of time restraints. (laughs) (laughs) But through the listserv, it's much more fluid, open, chime in. Mm -hmm. It's not like verbal and live, but it can be with links and connection to resources and more people will be able to chime in. That's great. Finally, I have to ask a selfish question. Uh, Being new to the state myself and also the parent of a child who's blind with multiple disabilities, um, do you have any advice for me? I don't know enough about your (laughs) child, but I would love to learn more uh, about his abilities, and I would encourage you to find a group that works or fits well, you feel comfortable with, and being involved, I think, is very key for you as an individual and your child as well because by being involved you get to know who the players are that affect the life of your child Mm -hmm. and when you have a need you know who to contact Mm -hmm. and resources to reach out to that's good advice all right we're done do you know an infant or toddler in texas who may have a vision problem they may qualify for free services Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. Today, Adam from the DeafBlind team here at TSBVI Outreach is going to further define the term intervener, which is fairly new to me as well, so I'm sure many of us will benefit from his explanation. I'm Adam Graves and I am an education consultant with the DeafBlind team at Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired. And 
just to give you a little bit of background about interveners, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start by reading the definition for interveners that is included in a booklet that is provided through interveners.org, which is an excellent website and provides additional information. I wanted to start by giving their definition because uh, I think it's a, it's a good one and it's a good way to start out. This booklet, it describes an intervener as uh, someone who provides a bridge to the world for the student who is deafblind. And then it goes on to say that by definition, an intervener is a one-to-one -one service provider with specialized training and skills in deafblindness. It also adds that the intervener helps the student gather information, learn concepts and skills, develop communication and language, and establish relationships that lead to greater independence. And I think that that's a pretty good basic definition of an intervener and a good place to start. I would just add to that that interveners are really a person who provides access to a, a person who's deafblind. Um, you know, it, they are, as people who work in this field like to describe them, interveners provide a bridge, not a barrier. So an intervener isn't someone who's going to, their, their role is not necessarily to keep the student isolated or uh, to work with that student one-on-one. -on -one to the detriment of uh, interacting with anybody else in the classroom. Their role is really to form a relationship with that student to the point where they feel comfortable enough, they being the student, feels comfortable enough to then work with other people who are in the classroom and feel safe enough to be able to understand and access other information that's uh, occurring within the classroom. And that, that's what it would look like in a classroom setting. There are also people who work with individuals who are deafblind in the community, um, and their role is more or less the same, but it's in that broader setting of the community. Um, so they're helping that individual feel comfortable and gain information about the environment that they're in, about the people that they're uh, interacting with, so that that person then feels comfortable interacting with those people on their own or through the facilitation of an intervener, you know, using hand-under-hand -hand sign language or whatever communication system works best for that person. If you'd like to learn more about services for the deafblind, be sure to register for the 2019 Texas Deafblind Symposium happening the weekend of February 22nd and 23rd in Austin, Texas. If you want to take full advantage of this experience, but you are new to deafblindness, consider attending the full-day 2019 Symposium pre-conference on Thursday, February 21st. For more information and to register, visit www.tsbvi.edu. Thanks to Vivica and Adam for joining us today and sharing more about students who are deafblind and the different supports that are available for their families. Hope you'll come back again as we continue to learn more about our kids. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.